If your grass isn't certified, what is it? Modern Turf wants to remind you to ask for certified solid and sprigs for your next project. Also, check out their new Ultra Dwarf varieties Mach 1 and Sunday, which are taking root throughout the Carolinas. Be sure to visit them on the web at modernturf.com. You can find them on Twitter at modern underscore turf and on Facebook at Modern Turf. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors. All right, ladies and gentlemen, because of the popularity of the Pulling Weed series, we have had the opportunity to launch an off-course series. We've debated on some different names, maybe spraying weeds or uh, yanking weeds or uh, any of those above, but I think uh, the simple thought process was off-course would be non-superintendents, but folks within the golf industry that have an impact. So you may hear from PGA Tour professionals, you may hear from educators you may hear from company uh personnel ceos presidents you may hear from the common everyday golfer we may get a guy off the street who just loves the podcast and wants to talk about his yard and he's a good golfer i'm not ready to talk about yards yet but i did call two of your uh two of your sponsors i called carolina fresh farms and modern turf yesterday to discuss delivering sod pallets really yes um, did your uh, partner nope. in crime? I've got no partner in crime. I'm flying solo here. Oh, wow. I was honestly going to uh, text Dr. Jeff Higgins to see if I could get a test bag of some, something. So similar. you want a seed instead of side? But after talking to them, you decided side's the best option? Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah side's definitely the best option. I've sprayed everything like I was told to, and everything's been dead for a while. Well, I appreciate the f- free plugs on those guys because I'm a big fan of both Modern Turf and Carolina Fresh for various reasons. Modern Turf has been a great supporter of junior golf yep. even since back when I worked there. So, I mean, we're talking the early 2000s. They have supported their local community. Um, even before we switched over to the superintendent side here, both of us, and uh, Carolina Fresh Farms for a lot of different reasons, they've been big supporters of the Superintendents Association as well as um, some personal favors here recently. Um so, well, to say, I'm in the yard game myself. And by the way, you've got some catching up to do. I know. I'm, my yard, I'm going to catch up. And I've got the shade figured out. We're going to good zoysia that's shade tolerant. What kind are you going but with? But I do want to give Carolina Fresh Farms a little recognition on the junior golf side, too. They donate each year to the uh, Big Wheels Day Off that benefits the Junior oh, Golf nice. Foundation. Oh, uh, that's right. Up there um, with David Rector in his yep. store in the Charlotte market. I won the SOD certificate last year. Oh, well, did you save it? Oh, yeah, it's in my kitchen. Oh, so that's where what prompted this phone call. Well, I know I called the one in Columbia near Clemson Road. Well, I think this is a perfect segue in because this these, these off-course episodes are going to feature some very interesting topics from folks maybe even like Dr. Burt McCarty and Big Al discussing with him the possibility of growing orange grass. <laughs> um, and also maybe even CEOs of companies that name grass and Big Al getting the opportunity to potentially name uh, a new strain of grass so that we've got a couple in the books that we're looking forward to launch and so i think with this whole new series you're going to hear some very interesting topics i think uh, from what we've learned is big al and tim are going to pare things down a little bit the folks want to hear from the listeners the supers um and as you get to know us hopefully you'll uh, 
you'll understand a little bit of the banter a little bit better and we will be the host that you need looking for your topics and we're still all ears looking for suggestions so if you've got somebody you want to hear from in the industry let us know yep and uh i guess we'll get to burt mccarty today i think i think we should knock out the good doc he's uh this year's distinguished service award winner from the carolinas gcsa uh we'll award a new one to the smiths uh, wayne and steve smith that's been announced already so at conference and show they'll receive it but yeah the good doc i mean he travels the world we're so lucky to have somebody literally from where we are um within miles to to have such an expert from everything oh my gosh apparently question I mean, he's just writing books left and right. 17, I think. Did he say he's authored so far? So. I think so. The interview was so long ago, I'm afraid to hear what I even asked. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, we backstocked a few of these. Uh, Let me preface how this interview went down. We showed up to an event. Correct. And were shuffled into a room. I literally had guests waiting on me as I'm five minutes away from even having everything plugged up. And... uh so we didn't know who the guests were even going to be. So we ended up with Dr. McCarty, which was awesome. Correct. And also the CEO of Simplot, who I called the wrong name, Garrett Lofto, who I promptly called Garrett Loftus. Didn't hear the name right. And again, such a brisk situation as far as ushered in, ushered out. And uh, Yeah, looking forward to having him on the show to uh, tell you a little bit about the brand and, and why they've been such good partners with us and what they're trying to do with their expansion. Yeah. Um, but I think the other key is that what you're going to hear in these off-course series is that you're going to hear that these are brought to you by our conference and show partners. So the introductory ad that you heard was from Carolina Fresh Farms, who is going to be the sponsor for our Sporting Clays event, as well as for uh, one of the parking lot sponsorships. And then you're also going to hear an ad on the back end from Modern Turf, who is our technology station sponsor this year. And so then in the middle, we get to plug somebody else, and you're going to hear a lot of different ad sponsors from throughout. And so what we're going to do is we're going to use this as kind of an opportunity. Instead of selling more ad space, if you will, we're going to thank our conference and show partners for this November for their support by giving them some free ads. Because, you know, I mean, we've got thousands of listeners, so they need to hear plugs for their products. Yep, absolutely. And they're all good partners, you know, dedicated to what you guys do and making it a better industry not just a better game but a better industry well and i think part of this is we we said education and entertainment right so i think with you with your yard you need some education you've talked to a couple different companies already on on this podcast about um one educating you on the different types of grass but i think this is a good time for you to make maybe another phone call to our education partner at conference and throw syngenta who will offer you all the products that you will need to keep that grass not only well fertilized and have good fertility in the soil year-round, but also to maybe harmful weeds and things of that nature, noxious things that are going to grow that you can maybe spray out. I'm all for that, but this is where you got to help me. Is Syngenta one of those companies I can buy direct? Are they? You'll go through a wholesaler. Exactly. Yes, you'll go through one of the distributors. And let's distributors. maybe take this opportunity to plug those distributors on our next episode okay. as our sponsors. But, yes, Syngenta makes their own products, if you will. In fact, their slogan is, we feed the world beautiful so yeah with that with our introduction let's head on into uh talking a little bit about tiger no tiger striped grass orange grass and bugs orange <laughs> <laughs> i hope y'all enjoy this uh this great interview we have with dr mccarty this is uh this is going back even two months in alan's uh 
agronomic uh, education, folks. <laughs> Enjoy this one. The four cornerstones of Syngenta's business are people, passion, innovations, and solutions. Their commitment to the success of superintendents goes beyond developing innovative products. The Syngenta team is focused on providing agronomic expertise, educational programs such as the Syngenta Business Institute, and digital pest monitoring tools including dollar spot alerts on Greencast. For more information, visit greencastonline.com forward slash we support you. Well, as you can tell, we are joined here. We are lucky to be joined by Dr. McCarty. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, guys. Got a Clemson turf grass hat on. Yes, sir. Got to support the troops. A DSA winner. What does that stand for? Distinguished Service Award. Of? Carolinas. Well done. And he was also on the cover of the magazine. That's a biggie. Ooh, that is big. I've had a lot of people throw darts at that one. You're right. Well, back How many Sharpies have you been through? <laughs> I've signed a few of them. You're right. That's pretty uh, cool right there. How long ago was it when I used to Photoshop the covers? Five years ago? Oh, no, it was 10. Every, every time I, when I worked at the SCGA, yeah. we'd get one. I'd scan it in. I'd immediately Photoshop whoever was on it. Or mm-hmm. fun, I'd change the words or something funny. Maybe I ought to do up his oh, one time. Should. So, all my contacts on my phone, Doug Lowe. Mm-hmm. Remember Doug? Mm-hmm. Sure. Greensboro. He's got the tribal tattoos like Mike. Is Tyson that right? Did. Well, on the Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like. Saved on my phone. So now every time Doug calls me, it's the Photoshop Carolina Green. That's awesome. But, um, so anyhow, yeah. So we're here tonight at the Simplot event, still at Chattanooga Country Club. And um, one of the speakers on the agenda tomorrow is uh, a favorite of ours, um, especially because I'm a Clemson guy, so I can say that. But um, So, Doc, what, what brought you here? Well, I uh, came last year when it was sponsored by another company, and it went over so well. Uh, they asked me to come back again this year, uh, be a different company, and it was such a good venue last year. I said, sure, I would love to come back. And so uh, just happened to have open a couple of days of my agenda, so it worked out. Nice. Are you teaching this semester? No, I'm not. Uh, I teach in fall at okay. Clemson, so I can roam around and do these kinds of things a little freer, freer during the spring. Can we talk weed science for a second? Sure. That's the thing, right? That's the thing. I learned that in episode one from <clears throat> Matthew Wharton. He had a weed science hat, and I thought it was a joke. Yeah. Kind of like a turf grass school joke. So tell me types of weeds. Well, I mean, you know, everybody who's got turf, whether it's in a yard or, or landscape or golf courses, uh, you know, go have weeds. And, uh, you know, weeds don't conform to what turf you want, so they stick out like a sore thumb. And so these weeds obviously become an eyesore and becomes a liability at some point if they get on golf greens and, you know, uh, cause the putts to go disarray and that kind of thing. And so uh, these are plants that just are not wanted in a commercial turf situation. I guess a long time ago, a superintendent explained to me if you had a Bermuda grass and, and you had some poana coming up, the poana would be considered a, a weed. Yeah. But mm-hmm. over there at Pebble Beach, they also put on poana, so it's not a weed there, but it can be a weed elsewhere. Well, the reason that Pebble Beach and other places have poana is it's just no easy, cheap way to get rid of it. And so they've just thrown in a towel and decided that they're just going to learn to love it and wow. not fight it. Uh, while in the southeast, we're still fighting it. And so it, it can be a weed or it can be desirable, depending on your point of view. Hmm. Sure can. So what's the answer for um, Scotland then and why some of those are just crazy? Did you say just- Scotland? Uh, in terms of Poa. their greens, poor, yeah. You know, they got mixtures of 
they two or three care. different poles and fine fescues and rye grasses and bent grasses. It, all those grasses evolve over in Europe, and so they just happen to they occur naturally. And so they just whatever comes up, they just go with it. Man, we played at uh, Sunningdale on the old course, and we were putting on greens that were over 100 years old. Oh yeah, yeah. And they yeah. rolled as good as oh sure some of the things that I've seen down here. That but you know, of course, it never gets above 80 degrees hardly, okay. and so they don't go through these summer stresses that we do in the south. And so those plants can, like I said, adapt to those environments, and so they can show their beauty almost year round. And so you're right, you do have 100 year old greens that still put like they're brand new. Man, it's amazing. That is amazing. Well, yeah. let's 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 let's. Let's do something a little different with Doc. Okay. Because whenever anybody listens to him, they talk about weeds. Okay. He's written a couple of books. Did you know that? Nope. Yeah. About fiction, weeds. Fiction or nonfiction? Depends on your point of view. I think there are references cited in the back of them. I'm pretty sure that's a good, <laughs> that was a good question. Now I wasn't ready for that. Then what's a different direction we're going? Um, let's talk about him. Do you play Fortnite? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> Do you know what Fortnite is? No, I don't. Okay, good. That's the question I've asked every guest so far. It's a video game that everybody's playing. If your kids were about, does, but I, don't. I was about to say, if he was five years younger, I bet yeah, you'd know. Yeah. Um, so, no, how about um, favorite story of one of your researchers at Clemson? Probably. Uh, and you don't have to name them if it's bad researchers is that what you said Tim? sure or an assistant or grad assistant or somebody that's worked for you to help you with your research projects well of course we do a grad student she's dealing with a lot of jokesters and so uh, uh each one has their unique personality uh certainly uh alan estes with simplot he worked for me 14 years as my research technician so he definitely was a favorite of mine did an excellent job and that's why they hired him away and so alan would certainly be right up there but i've had many excellent technicians and, and grad students through my career and uh, <laughs> and so um uh it's hard to say which one's unique trying to which one that i can say in public that, that, <laughs> that, that a good story of one um you ever had any sabotage attempts from any of your folks on any of your research not that i've known about uh, they've had some, had some sabotage attempts in the greenhouse there on campus, uh, but to my knowledge, I haven't had any on my research plot. Certainly haven't had any like people going out four-wheel drives and that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know of any overspraying type stuff that's occurred to my knowledge. And so uh, I don't think so. What do you think the best innovation in the last 20 years of turfgrass will be? It would have to be a combination of things. Um, probably the equipment side because it's helped ease some of the labor sh problems we're having and it, that's really getting ready to explode when we go to some of these robotic mowers. Uh, that's definitely going to change the paradigm of this business as far as day-to-day -day maintenance. Uh, of course, we've got new varieties, especially in the Bermuda grass world. They have really changed the perception of having Bermuda grass greens. They were, all, they were, in previous years, almost considered a weed, but now they're obviously considered very desirable. Um, a lot of new uh, pest control products that have helped with some traditional problems. Of course, a lot of times when we solve one problem, Mother Nature's a pretty slick gal. She creates another <laughs> one, and yeah. so it's a never-ending target you're trying to, to uh, figure out. Um, and so it's, it's been a combination of, of several things. Wow. 
If, uh, if you weren't in this business, what would you be doing, this industry? Well, I grew up in Peaches. Uh, grew up on a peach farm uh, and, and, and row crop farm. So, I don't know, probably something in that area or close to it or maybe teaching high school because my mother was a teacher for 30-something years. And so, uh, it probably one of those two things. Wow. What did your mother teach? She taught seventh grade biology for 32 years. We are studying that right now yes, at my sir. house yes, every sir. night. My I, son is in seventh grade, so. I was awful in biology. And I had her, too. So she, would, she, <laughs> she showed no pity on me, I promise you. Oh. <laughs> she made us. I sure hope me. you didn't look at anybody else's paper in that class, bro. <laughs> no, she made me sit on the front row right beside her desk, so I, she'd keep a finger on me so that I couldn't get too rambunctious with her. My hope is that you only had her once. I had it one. That's true. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got through it one time and okay. we moved on. Well, obviously, if he's writing books, he got through it. I just biology. want to make sure. I mean, that was seventh grade. This is pre, pre-fiction. How did you like writing books? Was that a good experience for yeah, you? Yeah, you know, in university, it's still a publisher parish type atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but I, I like writing books in a sense it forces me to keep up with the latest, greatest technology and trends and in industry. Uh, and so it really helps sharpen your or hone your skills on what's going on. Uh, I've done a lot of weed books, so it helps me obviously recognize weeds, and, and I get some pretty terrible samples to try to pick through and, and identify. And so it's really helped my professional skills honing them in on, on these areas. So it's something that once you do it and you figure out how to kind of get it organized and how you want to set it up, it's not that bad, but the first one's pretty tough because yeah. you're you don't know what you're doing and, the experience. and, and you're not sure to, how to handle things, and so you, you do a lot of second guessing on the first one. After that, it gets a little easier. Would you do one after you get out of the university system? Uh, would I do the problem with books nowadays? The internet's you know mm. kind of taking that market over, and so unless you can command a New York seller's top ten type book, which we can in our industry. A lot of publishers just aren't interested because yeah. it's not as much money. So you got writing a book is only half the battle now. You got to find a publisher to, who would print it and, sure. and then distribute it. And so that's getting to be a little tougher in life sciences because it's not as profitable, like I say, as other areas of the of the society. Uh, but yeah, I would because uh, you know I've stockpiled you know a couple thousand, hundred thousands of pictures and photographs, and I've written all this stuff, and so. It's not that hard for me to piece something like that together uh, since I've done 15 books. And so, uh, 15? 15. And so um, that, you know, there's a lot of material I got on my computer that I can cut and paste and, and just update and, and, and come up with another book if I wanted to. You, you have that backed up to a cloud somewhere. <laughs> I've got it backed up to the University Hard Frame, which is backed up every night. Wow. And so if I want to, for example, go back to July the 2nd and pick out a file that I think I've lost, they could pull it up from the reels because they back them up every night. Oh, that's great. Did you get to name your books, the titles? Yes, I have. I've named all of them, I do believe. Uh, Was that easy to you? I think that would be the, the most fun part of the process. Is- well, I, to be honest, on the last book, um, the title was the last thing I decided on. Normally, I guess you might think that'd be the first thing, but you know, you got to be able to market things nowadays, yeah. and and trying to figure out a short, simple title that's not too long but tells you what you're doing 
it's not always easy because somebody else has probably already done it. Yeah, so, original, sure. um, you got to kind of search around and make sure you're not duplicating that. Uh, so that's the last thing I, that was the last decision I made on that last book. Wow. That's cool. I think that's awesome. What's, In fact, uh, I remember sitting around with my graduate students one day and we put on the blackboard, probably 20 titles. And, uh, for whatever reason, we you know we eliminated 19. I finally decided on one of them. Did the winner get like a dinner at Outback or something? Well, I decided on, so I didn't get anything. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first car you owned? First car I owned, my grandfather died when I was a senior in college, and I was able to get his 1977 puke green colored Dodge Aspen. Two door. Aspen. Dodge uh, Aspen. And that got me through five years of graduate school. And so uh, awesome. it certainly wasn't a. Uh, a girl getter by right, any stretch right. of imagination but it got me from point a to point b so that's that, that's that what was, it does that was something that was and believe it or not that car is the first car in my family that had an fm radio in it and had air conditioning eight track too or no i didn't have eight okay, track just fm and air conditioning that's cool FM. so that was that's high tech around my car to house i hear you that's big time my How? 79 camaro had that eight track i was 82 subaru Gray ghost. I think we got passed by one of those on the mountains coming up here today. <laughs> how do you, I know some people do and some people don't, how is it when you get uh, the, the DSA award and get, get awards and get recognized for things? Do you take that well or do you not want well, to Well, you know, it, it's very, obviously it's a very complimentary to have your peers to decide on something that I look at the list of previous winners and it's, to me, it's just the ABCs of this business and yeah. to be selected to be in that group is just the highest honor that uh, at least i think it is in my profession and so uh you know very grateful that that the uh the industry and the selection committee decided on me and again looking at the previous winners is a humbling experience to be in that same group so i hopefully i can uphold their tradition because they they definitely have have a high standards for this industry well, i can tell you our superintendents think the well, world of you as you know but i mean we're we're so lucky right here in the carolinas to have the two universities but the universities are only as good as the personnel there and well so, i agree with that i mean between clemson and nc state you got two of the best applied universities when it comes to turf grass anyway and so uh it's not always appreciated uh but you know i travel a lot and i interact with a lot of different people around the world and there's some individuals around the world that are very good too but as far as programs uh you, you got two excellent programs in the carolinas and i, and I hope the superintendents and, and other people appreciate that uh, man i think i think they do i just hope they don't take advantage of y'all sometimes what's your uh what's your favorite travel destination outside of the united states probably uh it would be europe i like going to europe uh I like military things. So I like the World War II things. Uh, probably the most awesome thing I've seen outside the United States is Normandy Beach. That's just breathtaking. If you ever get a chance to go do that, I would highly recommend it. Uh, what they did at Normandy after the after the invasion, they left everything because they were trying to get on to Berlin. And so after the war, they cleaned up the beaches to get the metal and that stuff off to keep from cutting up the feet and everything. But they left all the pill bunkers, all the craters, everything just like they found it when they invaded the beach. Oh, wow. And so that's a pretty awe-inspiring place to go to is Normandy Beach. You really appreciate what those guys had to go through to try to get up um, those, those uh, sand dunes. I played in a uh, 
tournament at Fort Jackson when I was a starter marshal in college um, with a gentleman, Mr. Hugh, who jumped at Normandy. He was oh, yeah. 84 yeah. at the time, who had two artificial hips and shoulders. And I mean, he played from the senior tees, and sometimes we'd still take his tee ball. It was awesome. Well, for those older people in this business, you might remember the name Houston Couch. Oh, yeah. He was a, he was a very famous pathologist, uh, retired from Virginia Tech. Houston uh, jumped and won from one of the gliders at Normandy. And, of course, they jumped in the middle of the night. They didn't know where they were at. He said they were lost for all night long. And, you know, they had the clickers. And, and uh, it's pretty dramatic to hear Houston talk about it. So it gives you a better appreciation once you go over there and see it. Wow. And people talk about seeing all the white crosses just, you know, in line, showing Americans and, and the allies uh, who died buried. But to me, just as impressive going to see the German uh, wow. cemeteries. They're black. Huh. And, uh, you know, it's very sovereign. You know, you, you're glad you won, but you have to kind of look at what they had to go through and bear their dead. And they just stacked them in graves of five and just, just and put them in 25 bodies in, in five separate graves in groups. And so that's pretty uh, sovereign to go see that, too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with a German last name, the fact that I've never been over to Germany, that's kind of interesting to have to go follow that trail. Wow. Yeah. Quite the excursion. That wasn't the direction I was looking for. But, so second favorite. <laughs> have you ever been to Australia? Yes, I have. Uh, been to, uh, uh, down to Sydney, and been up to uh, Cairns, or Carnes, however you say it, in North Australia, to Great Barrier Reef, and uh, to New Zealand. So, uh, beautiful place, just a heck of a plane ride to get there. What about Africa? No, I have not. I have decided not to go to Africa. So but you've been it? to South America. South America three or four times, sure have. So you've got four continents? Five. Well, I've been, uh, you know, to, to to Southeast Asia, you know. Wow. Japan, China, and those areas. And then, of course, North and South America and Europe. And so, so you know, you I like going places I haven't been to, but then I like going places I feel safe at, too. So uh, that's why I've decided not to go to some places. We need to sure, sure. challenge him. Can he grow grass in Antarctica? Could you grow grass in Antarctica? There is grass growing in Antarctica during the summer. Yeah. Uh, or at least maybe southern part of Antarctica. It, it thaws out enough that they can grow grass. It's kind of wildflower grass mix. And so. It's not poa? It, it's, well, you know, it might it can be. grow I'm anywhere. Not sure what it is. Probably some kind of fescue. But yeah, they, they do have a short growing season. But I don't think they have too many golf courses. No. I would. We got to research if there even is a golf course in Antarctica. You know, I don't think there is. I think I don't remember. I saw a special on that. Somebody put a hole there one time and hit a ball or something, so that they could say that they played hit a golf ball in Antarctica. But yeah, that's interesting. That's amazing. That's some serious travel. You still got the same passport, or you had to get into a new one yet? No, I'm on my third one, I think. Wow, you've got all your notes ready for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Have you done this presentation before? Well, I'm not even sure if I can do a presentation. I might just open up for questions. I've gotten my point in career. I like just having discussions yeah. and, and let people ask questions and tell things they've seen that work for them or not work. And uh, to me, the, the, the room gets a little more interactive when you, instead of sitting there flipping through slides, if they can right. interact and you know ask questions, like I said, or in, inject things they've seen or not seen that have worked. Uh, Bruce Martin and I started doing that at GCSA. Uh, GIS meeting and uh, I, I like doing that. It's, it's a change of pace for all these guys. That is good. Different. Similar to like the Holy Grail we did on the Carolina show yeah, a couple it would years be ago. Some of that, you're exactly right. 
where we just, instead of trying to take our top three or four professors and put them in unique environments and have them do their own individual classes, <coughs> excuse me, they, uh, we put them all on one floor as a panel with no, okay. with no script, no you know, PowerPoint yeah. per se, and it's just open for questions. Well, I, I, I didn't know how. I thought I had a 30-minute time slot. Well, I finally looked on the way here. It's two hours, so I Man. probably <laughs> will flip through slides for 30 or 45 minutes because uh, we've got some new products that these guys need to be aware of. But then I'm just going to open up for discussion. So you see that, Alan? On the way over, he asked me probably – it got to the point where I looked at him and I said, I told you I don't have an agenda. I don't know for yeah. tomorrow, and here you are. I thought I was 30 minutes, but I'm really two hours. <laughs> I didn't. I, I swear. I, I thought it was 30 minutes. And, again, get so many talks to kind of run together. But I mean, they wouldn't fly you all the way over here first class, right? I mean, put you up at the Four Seasons here in Chattanooga on the river and – well, they offered to do that, but I, the local rep who lives right near me said he was coming, so I just hitched a ride with him. I got to tell you, that's one of the things that I admire most about you is that um, you're in it for all the right reasons. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that there's others out there that, um, that aren't, but there are others that display different behavioral traits, and that's as simple as some of the expense reports even that we deal with, and your modesty is – Oh, man. I just wish enough people knew uh, more about you and understood the backstory other than the guys who you've had the pleasure of, you know, getting to know through their courses and things of that nature. Well, so. I'm, I'm fortunate. I still like my job. <laughs> a lot of people my age don't like their jobs. And so uh, I have freedom to do things like this, which are, are fun to me. And so uh, I still like my job. still enjoy going to work every day and dealing with my students and, and whatnot of course there's aggravation parts of every every job but i still like it overall and you know i like dealing with athletics that's a lot of fun too i met one of your uh up-and-comers here recently i spoke over at the hort class and i think i've got one of your future researchers that i had lunch with the other day mr t um oh yeah t studemeyer 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 there you go i didn't know if it was staudemeyer studemeyer so yeah we got him linked up having a conversation with lane trying to figure out to get his phd or his master's yeah he uh he's gonna start with me in may starting a master's degree and uh, um, yeah, we all excited get, trying to get this project ready and all that kind of stuff. I told him, I said, don't forget to tell Bert, you know, there's rounds for research money out there. You can apply. We might have another RFP this fall. I think we are. Well, I'm going to wrap this up with another stupid question. Perfect. Let's do it. We've taken forever. Can you grow? Could you? I mean, I'm interested in the, in the design of grass. Sure. Could you design an orange blade for Clemson only? Probably not because, you know, plants evolve as green for a reason, for photosynthesis. Yeah. And there are some subtle differences, you know, like lorpellum's more purple and something. You do have some minor differences, but uh, the orange wavelengths uh, that the sun provides, uh, plants would have to be totally re-engineered to be able to handle that. And so, yeah. Probably not. I asked Tim, I said, well, if nobody could tiger stripe it, make it like a zebra. He said it's called <laughs> mutatedness diseases that make it look like that. So. Well, they probably do it like trees. You know, deciduous trees in the fall will turn orange. Some of them will, some of the sugar maples and things like that. So you can have short-term orange, but, you know, those trees are dying, or I should say the leaves are dying. And so same thing would happen with turf. If it turned orange, it would be senescent or dying, and so it would be a short-term color phenomenon. Just How saying, long could we keep it painted orange and that, keep it alive? Uh, well, paint, you know, the paint, of course, the football field. Color, sorry, sorry, not paint, sorry. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, they, they paint the football field orange with paint. Uh, it, 
Clemson, and about half of it they're going to have to replace the sod. Oh. It will die. The other half, it, it depends on how trampled it gets. You know how many Clemson fans, if we could develop this orange blade, we could make some money here, guys. Oh, you got to think outside of Clemson, man. <laughs> I mean, there's orange everywhere. Syracuse, I know. Oh, okay. gosh, yeah, Tennessee. I mean, but then you'd have to come up with that uh, Texas burnt orange. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, for years the, the, the trip was trying to find a blue rose. Well, they finally developed one. So wow. The next thing you do is orange uh, turf grass. Let's talk about blue, blue rose. rose. Duke? Yeah, you can buy blue roses now. Hmm. I got two boys. I don't need any blue roses. Well, Doc, thank you for spending some oh, time here. I hope, I hope we, uh, hope we didn't take it. too much time away from your folks in the reception over there. No. Uh, good luck with this, and uh, I'm happy in the future. Let me know. Yes, hey, sir. well, congrats again, and thank you on behalf of all the turf folks out there for what you do thank you and for your career. Thanks. You know us as Carolina Fresh Farms, your one-stop shop for all your landscaping needs, but did you know that New Life Turf is now under our umbrella? For all your specialty grasses, from basic daily repairs to new renovations such as Tiff Eagle and Diamond Zoysia Grass, we'd love to have you try us out. Look us up today at newlifeturf.com. Thank you, Dr. McCarty, for that wonderful time, interview, knowledgeable. You can tell the man's very smart, but just I'm not giving up for my quest for orange grass. I am going to pursue this, and we will generate and grow just for Clemson fans. I'm not even a Clemson guy, but I just feel like this is something they could you could make money on orange grass. I don't disagree with that. But Tim thinks I should just spray paint it. So, thank you for listening to our first ever Pulling Weeds Off course. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to our sponsors who we highlighted, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Alan. Great job. Thanks, Tim.